the round of 16 is over. And immediately we build to the quarterfinals, of course. Uh, so let's get into it. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage. The Splash with your host, Phil Pryor. Joined alongside a couple of the Fox Football journalists for foxsports.com.au. First of all, welcome to you, Jake Rosengarten. How are you? Good, mate. Very good. And Max Sherry, welcome. Thank you, Phil. You must be very excited. Chuffed, yeah. Happy. Chuffed. That is a very uh, English way of putting it. It's been strutting around the office all day. (laughs) It's been a shocker. So tell us, Max, uh, obviously you, you would have got up bright and early for... England's uh, ex- exhilarating win over Colombia. You must have been... Well, let me ask you... Let me, let me put it this way. Is the pessimism in England finally subsiding? I'm afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> I think this morning was great and it's all looking positive. You know, we're on a good path. We've got a good manager. Our star player is surfacing in Harry Kane he's the next big thing and it's all great for English football the next football. big thing I could implying they had they had a big thing before before that yeah yeah <laughs> Wayne Rooney and you know that like but he's here isn't he mm-hmm. I don't know he could be he, could he, be. I mean, he will certainly have a lot of attention on him with his with his goal record at this world cup being the top goal scorer and yeah um kind of almost not single-handedly carrying England but you know playing a big role but Let's not forget they made it very difficult for themselves against Colombia. They, I mean, Colombia didn't often trouble them, but towards the end of that game, I mean, that if it wasn't for that Pickford, <clears throat> that Pickford save, it could be a different story altogether. But mm. um, you know, they pulled it together. A few good penalties, and there you yeah, go. the longer it went, it felt like Colombia was almost more willing to try and win it in extra time. Jake, yeah, absolutely agree. I mean. It almost felt like Colombia arrived to not play football for the first 70, 80 odd minutes. They were, they were playing a, a sort of anti-football, dirty fouls, even scuffing up the penalty spot at one point. It was just, it was a, it was a bag of dirty tricks. And, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, English fans weren't, weren't exactly pleased with it. But yeah. I mean, after, with, with the game on the line and you could sense in the, in the dying stages that they sort of switched on and started to play football. Which, and the second they started to do that, they started troubling England and the stats started swinging and, um, England sort of got bogged down a bit, and they looked in trouble. And I mean, getting to penalties, and obviously England have their uh, historic disappointments from the penalty spot, and to finally get over that is 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 one one big stop on the path to salvation for England. And that's it, right? So they had lost their three previous uh, trips to penalties uh, in knockout stages of a World Cup, Max. Yeah, I mean, we've lost six of our last seven. I think it was before this game. Our last one coming in Euro 96, where actually we later went on to lose to penalties in the semi-finals. That winning the penalties coming in the quarterfinals. And of course, that uh, 96 one is infamous for its connection to the current side with uh, Gareth Southgate missing the infamous penalty. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the one. And what, like, it, a, a good story for him to come back from that, you know. I mean, he... Um, you know, he's, he's had a great career in the UK as a player, kind of started off, um, I remember growing up watching him manage Middlesbrough just after his playing days and, you know, a well-respected player and young coach. And for him to come back and kind of guide England to their um, final, f- like finally, 
<laughs> they got that penalty win. But yeah, for him to do it as well, I think is another is another bonus. But that's that's another thing about this. I, I read in, in in the UK press this morning. He was uh, Southgate was was described by one writer as 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 a Yoda like figure. They're talking about the, the research and the wisdom behind his his um, his tactics for England, and it feels like they they've sort of turned over a new leaf in the way that he's he's approaching things and planning meticulously. And 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 today's shootout was a great example. They like all reports out of the England camp said that it, they'd been practicing penalties all week. They they knew who their order was. Jordan Pickford came out and said he did his research, and it was almost completely correct with Falcao being the only one going in the opposite direction that he predicted. And so there's sort of a sense that. The tide's turning because they've done their research, they've done their homework, and it's it's a new chapter. Okay, so there are eight teams left, including Uruguay, France, Belgium, and Brazil on one side of the draw, Russia, Croatia, Sweden, and England on the other. Those quarterfinal matchups will happen on Saturday and Sunday morning Australian time. Max, our resident English in the building, give us your best. Uh, sell as to why us Aussies should uh, should now support the English. Take the, take the floor. It's funny you mentioned that because we were having this discussion this morning. I think if you're an Australian, you... Keep it na- punchy. This is a, an advertisement, all right? Okay, all right, I'll go now. Okay, so if you're an Australian, you are listening to this, you have to go for the old enemy, the old foe, England... There's an innate tie there. You know, since the glory days of Viduka, Kuehl playing for Leeds as such, that was the real golden generation of Australian football, and that has an innate tie to England. So if you want someone to support, why not support the team that gave you proper players like those lot? The people's team. <laughs> the country itself, that is. How did he go, Jake? Oh, uh, what, what are we talking? Six, seven, eight out of ten? I don't know. It was all right. It was all right. Good it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be able to sell things if you're a digital journalist these days. Oh, yeah. You did a pretty good job, I reckon. <laughs> uh, look, I've got to sell something quickly. Uh, the Samsung Tim Cahill goal competition on the Fox Sports website. Uh, head to foxsports.com.au forward slash win to go in the running to win a Samsung Series 7 65-inch Q7 QLED 4K TV valued at over $5,000. Tell us, in 25 words or less, what your favourite Tim Cahill goal for Australia was and why. Uh, I think we've seen all of them now. It doesn't look like there'll be any more on the cards. In 25 words or less, uh, points for creativity. uh, One final time, that is foxsports.com.au forward slash win. Alrighty, boys. Let's keep moving. Uh, Jake, have we had uh, had an abnormally large amount of upsets in this World Cup, or does it happen every time and we just kind of forget about it? Oh, this is um, this is something else, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I'm, I mean, it was epitomised uh, on that opening day of this round of sixteen with with the host nation just somehow knocking out Spain despite being passed to death. It's been it's been titled. By that uh, tiki taka Spain style of football, they completed over a thousand passes, uh, the most ever in a single World Cup game, and then managed to lose. So, it's been it's been one upset after another. Germany falling by the wayside. You got Argentina gone, and Lionel Messi. You got Cristiano Ronaldo's out of the tournament. It's been it's been one long dramatic. Just uh, it's been frenetic. It's been it's been hard to hard to keep up with. Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, one one thing that probably caught everyone's eye in the last couple of days was this Belgium and. Japan matchup in the round of 16, which was 
probably would you say the most entertaining of the tournament? I, so I would far? put my foot down on that one and dub it the game of the tournament so far. Yeah. Although there is tight competition there from Spain, Portugal in the group stage. And Japan going up 2-0, they they must be completely shattered to uh to somehow find a way to lose that one, Max. Yeah, gutted. I mean, they have they've had some real good players come through, you know. We were talking about it the other day, me and Jake about what players have really shone and, you know, the, the hidden gems. And there's, you know, you can't really put your finger on one in particular. I mean, I said Golovin, but Jacob had perfectly um, said that he was kind of already on people's radars. But the one golden hidden gem that really came out of it was Inui. He, the Japanese guy, he, honestly, he has been one of the players of the tournament. He's kind of guided that under a team where Kagawa was expected to kind of um, do his thing. This guy's stepped up big time, and like you said, Phil, they'll be gutted two nil up to throw it away. Yeah, yeah. Inui, uh, who did which so, club, club Takashi did Inui uh, has been playing last season with um, I think it's Ibar in in La Liga. Yeah, he's just actually a few months before this tournament signed on a free transfer with uh, Real Betis, also in La Liga. Yeah. So he he's really missed missed out on a big payday there, you'd think, because <laughs> he's had some oh, tournament. No. He's been very impressive. Yeah, his agent will be shattered, you'd reckon. <laughs> um, but of course, with Japan, very unfortunate. It looks like it could have been a masterstroke from the coach to rest some of those players against Poland in their third and final pool game. Yeah, well, this is actually one of my, my favourite uh, stories of the tournament so far, and it's kind of um, been uh, off the radars of a few people. I mean, so um, Japan's coach, Akira Nishino, um, decided to, obviously, they hadn't yet qualified for the round of 16, heading into that clash against Poland in the back end of the group stage. And he opted to um, to rest five players, um, five of his top stars, in a must-win game. Yep. So, essentially, they go through on... They were the first team in history to go through on fair play, on yellow yeah. cards alone. Yeah. Um, and so, had they conceded once Ahead more... Senegal. Yeah, in group exactly eight. right. Had they conceded once more, they were out. But they, they get through by the skin of their teeth. They've got a... They've got a clash against world's number three side in Belgium, mm. and uh, it's looking like one hell of a task. Um, and they come out with these 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 fresh players back in it, and they're up two 0 after sixty minutes. He looks like the biggest genius of all time. <laughs> two of the two of the players he's rested find the goals. They're, yeah. they're hitting the back of the net in in spectacular style, no less. And he's looking like a genius. Obviously, Belgium come back. They scored a, a, a quick couple in about six minutes. Um, heading into the final stages, Japan win themselves a corner. Um, they decide to attack. There's about 60 seconds on the clock. Yeah. Uh, what could go wrong? A lot. <laughs> it's a how? Yeah. Two, two, two. One minute remaining. Your corner. How do you lose? They flood the numbers forward. They go for the win. In, uh, Nishino said after the game, he said, he said, we we thought we could find a decisive moment off that. We thought we thought we could win it. We didn't expect it. And what he didn't expect, and what came to fruition very very swiftly, was. Ball comes in, Thibaut Courtois up, he takes the ball, pings the ball out to Kevin De Bruyne, De Bruyne out wide to Mounier, Mounier back into the centre for, for Chadley, Chadley scores, 9.94 seconds, flat, yeah. from goalkeeper's gloves to back of the net. See it, it it's, it's disappointing that bold coaching hasn't prevailed. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to see. When you see so often a team playing boring defensive football, somehow finding a way to get through on penalties, and here we are, we've got this... Really uh, positive, sort of uh, bold, aggressive um, options, uh, you know, from a, a strategic sense, and and unfortunately, just uh, it, it backfires big time. 
Yeah, I mean, it never it never quite turns out that way in World Cup football. You know, it's the gritty performances. You know, that's why you used to see Germany and Italy win it all, like or do really well in the tournament rather because they can grind out results, yeah. um, defense, yeah. defensive football, and yeah, it's that fruitful management and tactics which it pops up and it's great for TV and it's great for the game as a spectacle. But we're all wishing that it could get them the win, but unfortunately, mm. in this case, it, it didn't. Yeah, I'd love to talk about. Russia as well, who are obviously one of the teams that has progressed to the quarterfinals. Their next date is with Croatia, which will take place on Sunday morning, Australian time, I believe, bright and early, of course. Has the host nation ridden the wave of support to reach the final eight, or did everyone underrate uh, the preparation they did in, in building perfectly for this moment? To give a bit of context, Russia headed into this tournament, their, their home tournament, as the lowest ranked side of yeah. the 32, ranked 70th in the world heading into this. Um, and they, they've looked good, but I mean, you got, you got to give some credit to the, to the support that's been behind them. I mean, the country's just looked like an absolute party for the last two weeks. It's been insane. Yeah. And yeah. we, we have seen over the years that, that hosting a World Cup certainly propels a side to, to hit new, to hit new levels. And I, I believe the stat is that only once in the history of the World Cup, has the host nation not progressed out of the group stage? And that really? was South Africa in 2010. Wow. I find that extraordinary. Yeah, it's remarkable. Um, so, uh, I mean, this this stage has obviously uh, given a platform for a number of these Russian players to potentially find themselves in pretty good spots moving forward. But this is, has, has surely shocked most people that they've reached this far despite the home support, right? Yeah, like Jake said, I mean... Granted, they've got some decent players, a half-decent coach, but talk about what Americans would call half home-field advantage. You know, they've exploited that and utilised that as much as possible. I heard that um, a rumour that beer was running out in Moscow, so um, <laughs> English and Aussie fans won't be too pleased about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've, they've done really well and they've surprised. And to be honest, these quarterfinals, there's a couple of teams in there which you wouldn't have picked. And likewise, on the flip side of that is there's a lot of teams who you would have picked to be in this quarterfinal stage and they're, they're not. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that actually stands out about this quarterfinal stage is the disparity between the two sides of the draw. On one side, you've got four teams who are all capable of winning a World Cup on their day. And then on the other side, you've got four teams who... So only two of the four have ever been to the semifinals before. And both of those were 50 plus years ago. So England last time in 1966 and uh, Sweden last time in 1958. On that occasion, going down to Brazil in the final. Yeah, wow. We so I, I I mentioned the um the quarterfinal teams before just very briefly. So Saturday morning, um, uh, Australian time, Uruguay take on France. Uh, I believe that's the sort of the, the midnight um game, and then Brazil v Belgium at four a.m. Uh, then on Sunday morning, it's it's Russia v Croatia, then Sweden v England, um. Out of these final eight teams, Jake, can can anyone win, or or are we still looking at perhaps only a few genuine contenders? Well, it's been one of those tournaments where you just you can't you can't chalk anything up until it happens. It's been drama after drama after drama, so you really hesitate to chalk anyone off. But at the end of the day, I would I would argue that I mean at this point, looking at the draw, you'd have to think that the win is going to come from that side of the draw, which has Uruguay, France. Brazil and Belgium because they're all yeah, and then whereas on the other side, I mean, it's it's really primed for England to just to go all the way to the final. 
Yeah, Max. <laughs> it's building nicely. Oh, I hate to jump the gun. Get though, through honestly. Sweden, and then you got either Russia or Croatia to, to reach the final. Yeah, and it's getting through Sweden first, you know. Yeah. England have a habit of um, choking as such, and, you know, we have, we have had a few uh, minor hiccups on the way, but, yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't want to jump the gun, and um, I think English people have learned from, you know, years and years of um, optimism and, failed hopes and you know grasping at thin air almost that um we just need to keep our cool and Southgate is the perfect person to guide England into keeping their cool and into this yeah. quarterfinal well, match up against Sweden I read, I read an interesting take on um this whole carrying away situation and one one writer said this morning that um to, to hell with restraint we just we finally won from penalties we can we can carry on all we want so, I mean, Says it all. I, I drew England in the in the world, uh, work sweep, uh, and it's great to be able to support them without really caring too much either way, mm. and, and not having the burden of uh, pessimism involved as well. Yeah, that's the best. Uh, <laughs> that's the best part of it. Oh dear. Um, okay, so as you mentioned, Harry Kane, he he leads the Golden Boot now, I believe. Uh, who else is still in the mix? Romelu Lukaku is his closest competitor at this point. So with Belgium, he's on four and Kane's on six. So it's still a big golf to be jumped there, although there are a couple of, a few games to come still. But, um, yeah, so it'll just depend on how deep Belgium can get, really. I think he's the only one who's really in touching distance. Yeah, who's still in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ronaldo was close and there was someone else, I believe, but obviously them being out, you know. Actually, Mbappe is, is, Mbappe. Yeah, he's got three, I think. I had Griezmann at, like pre-tournament as my guy, and he was he he was benched for the for, for the round of sixteen game, I believe. Oh really? Or, no, I think he, he started. He did start. Yeah, oh, must have got bad mail there, but yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he hasn't been going too well though. Yeah, either way, I think <laughs> he's a has, shocking pick. Basically. He's been removed um, or like taken off as a sub a fair few times as well, and like yeah, you said, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, you're not the only one in thinking that he was one of the top players that are, yeah. or maybe the most likely to get that golden boot or even the golden ball as well. Everyone thought he was going to light up. but yeah. I actually want to talk about how Harry Gaines leading the golden boot because he'll probably go down as the luckiest golden boot winner of all time if he, if he does win it. He's got, what's he got three penalties and one goal that deflected off the back of his heel that he knew nothing about. Mm. Well, that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a striker. You don't, um, <laughs> what do they say? You, you don't create luck. Um, preparation essentially gives you luck. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. so you know, right place at the right time. And I'm all for slating England, and I'm all for slating Kane. But when it comes <laughs> to goal scoring, I mean, you've got to get around him. You know, he finds the right space, gets himself into those positions, and I think he's won one of a couple of those penalties that he's put away, and he's slotted those penalties away with ease. I mean, um, I was all on board um, slating Yedinak and slating the Australian team for not being able to score in open play. But I think when you see Kane slot a penalty and Jesse Lingard curl one into the top corner. It can kind of, you can see the the, the distance in in uh, quality. I think. Yeah, for sure. No, nothing against Kane, by the way. In that in that saying that he's ridiculously lucky. No, <laughs> Just no, he, he is lucky. <laughs> he, he's 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 the rarest of breeds. An English footballer who actually has luck on his side. <laughs> very true. Yeah, is, that's a very good point. Actually, yeah. Okay, I am going to read out one more time these quarterfinal games, uh, and I need a, a winner and a, uh, just a winner to progress, basically. Uh, and then I'm going to, once again, we're going to uh, return to who do you think is going to go all the way? Uruguay v France. We'll start with you, Jake. 
I'm gonna go France. Uruguay. Okay. Yep. I've got Uruguay in another sweep, so I'll be I'll be happy Me with too. that. Me too. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've drawn some good teams. Yeah. How have you done? Who have you paid <laughs> off, Phil? And and I and Panama. So I got my money back because they uh, finished dead last. Mate. So I've, uh, you quite right. Done there. well. Done well. Brazil v Belgium. Brazil, hands down. Actually, can we just talk about Neymar for a sec? Yeah. Oh, I've always got time to talk about Neymar. He, he needs to stop carrying on. He needs to get some acting classes if he wants to carry on like that. It's shocking. It's will, we ever, will we ever see ramifications for for guys carrying on in, in football? I think there's sort like of... Like in, a, in um, AFL, Alex Rance, the uh, Richmond, Richmond Tigers guy. defender, uh, he's been, he's been criticised on a weekly basis, uh, basis for, I would consider a couple of marking contests where he didn't actually put any mayo on it whatsoever, but the crowd are looking for it now. Yeah. Um, and that's the case with Neymar as well now. I would argue that he's raising the hype around it, and a lot of people are talking about it. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point it gets looked into, to be honest. It's just the same problem, that, and it goes back to VAR as well. If the referees haven't got the bottle to... Um, penalise it, what, what's the point of having the VAR in place, you know? Yeah. You can go back and look at this all they like, but, you know, they haven't got the bottle to, to stop these big players. Say if Neymar is on a yellow card and could face a suspension, what referee in their right mind is going to give him a yellow for diving? I probably wouldn't, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first, Max Sherry, corrupt referee. <laughs> I mean, if, if you were going to do it, you, you sort of, you draw that line in the sand in the pool stage, it's probably not... Mm. Yeah. This far deep into the, into the tournament. He does seem to be getting more extravagant, though, in his theatrics. Yeah. He seems to be upstaging himself each time. I mean, the other day was perfect. He gets stamped on, he rolls around, what was it, about 38 times? Yeah, and it's not just the rolling, it's like, it's the it's the becoming airborne off the ground again. Yeah, it's the, like, it's propelling yourself upwards, not the just... salmon extravagant movements. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. yeah Last salmon. person I remember doing that was um, Jürgen Klinsmann for Germany, and he got slated for it, and that was... He was one of the first people to do it who was just... These added movements were just ridiculous. And Neymar's obviously taken a leaf out of his book as well. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. Not good, Neymar. Uh, look, I'll go Belgium just to be different. Um, and I reckon they are capable of going all the way. And uh, Brazil, I don't know. They, they seem to have a bit of a, a curse these days. Not just the English, perhaps. Um, all right. Russia v Croatia. It's got to be Croatia. The dream run has to end. Okay. Okay, what about you, Max? Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, it, I mean, the dream run, as Jake said, it's got to end at some point, and Croatia's dream run, at least it's backed by a bit more than a home field advantage, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, finally, Jake, I, I may as well only bother with you. Can <laughs> Sweden beat England? They definitely can. Whether they will is a completely different story. I'm going to back England in this one. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the Poms as well. Go the Poms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your uh, presence on this uh, quarterfinal edition of the podcast, boys. Cool. Thanks for having me, Phil. Yeah, cheers, one, Phil. one more time, Saturday morning and Sunday morning this weekend for all the quarterfinal action. Um, and, of course, make sure that the foxsports.com.au website is part of that uh, viewing experience because we're going to be live blogging. We're going to be reacting to everything that happens uh, right around the clock. Uh, the highlights will be on site as well. Um, so one more time, foxsports.com to make sure that that is part of your World Cup viewing experience. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Cheers, boys. That's a wrap.